psalm reading for this morning, as well as the basis for this morning's message, comes from Psalm 25, beginning at the first verse. It is a psalm of David. David sang these words. My head is high, God, held high. I'm looking to you, God. No hangdog skulking for me. I've thrown in my lot with you. You won't embarrass me, will you? Or let my enemies get the best of me? Don't embarrass any of us who went out on a limb for you. It's the traitors who should be humiliated. Show me how you work, God. School me in your ways. Take me by the hand. Lead me down the path of truth. You are my Savior, aren't you? Mark the milestones of your mercy and love, God. Rebuild the ancient landmarks. Forget that I sowed wild oats. Mark me with your sign of love. Plan only the best for me, God. God is fair and just. He corrects the misdirected, sends them in the right direction. He gives the rejects his hand and leads them step by step. From now on, every road you travel will take you to God. Follow the covenant signs. Read the charted directions. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for enemies threaten me, and I am devoted to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Be in my mind, my heart, and my ears as we listen for your word this day. Amen. The young employee secretly misappropriated several hundred dollars of his firm's money. And when this action was discovered, the young man was told to report to the office of the senior partner of the firm. And as he walked up the stairs toward the administrative office, the young employee was heavy-hearted. He knew without a doubt that he would lose his position with the firm. He also feared the possibility of legal action taken against him. Seemingly, his whole world had collapsed. Upon his arrival in the office of the senior executive, the young man was questioned about the whole affair. He was asked if the allegations were true, and he answered in the affirmative. And then the executive surprisingly asked this question, if I keep you in your present position, can I trust you in the future? And the young worker brightened up and said, well, yes, sir, you surely can. I've learned my lesson. And the executive responded, I'm not going to press charges, and you may stay in your present responsibility. 
and the employer concluded the conversation with the young employee by saying, I think you ought to know, however, that you are the second man in this firm who succumbed to temptation and was shown leniency. I was the first. What you have done, I did. And the mercy you are receiving, I received. It is only the grace of God that can keep us both. When we observe the beginning of Lent Ash Wednesday together, we were invited to enter the wilderness as a time of preparation. You see, the next 40 days of Lent is set up to mirror the, ex the experience of Jesus for 40 days in the wilderness. Now the psalmist begs God for leadership in paths of righteousness and in doing so, goes on to recall stories of the formation of Israel as a people. Remember, it was in the wilderness they were given identity as God's people. God told them they had that identity and gave them ten commands. They were taught the ways of righteousness and trials and tribulations and teaching for 40 years of wandering in the wilderness before they were at last able to enter promised land. So folks, perhaps we ought to front load our Lenten experience by wondering for a bit what we might learn by placing our feet on the path of a walk through the wilderness. And perhaps one thing we might learn is just a little bit about enemies. The psalmist asks God that his enemies not get the best of him. Our enemies can be found outside of us or within us, but for most of us, most of the time, the greatest danger lies within us. Even when we can firmly name our enemies outside of us, whether they're trying to kill us or someone at work is trying to force us out or someone at school is cheating or saying bad things about us, or we're involved in a bad conflict with someone over a huge misunderstanding, any or all of these enemies can lead us to all kinds of thoughts and behaviors that make us less than what we were created to be. And that is where we meet the enemies within us, when we want to be mean in return, when we become afraid or depressed, when we're filled with anger or we give in to addictions or other self-destructive behavior, when we grant power of any kind to enemies without, we soon find ourselves confronting the more immediate destruction visited on us by struggles with our enemies within. So perhaps one of our first steps in our Lenten journey should be to resolve to pray for and about our enemies 
as we walk in the wilderness. And if we decide to take this on, we may find that we, like the psalmist, will soon find ourselves pleading for forgiveness. Forget that I sowed wild oats. Mark me with a sign of your love. Plan only the best for me, please. Each of us is aware that the times of pain and struggle are the times that we become most aware of our need for God. And that those experiences of God in our struggles often help to define our spiritual lives. The people of Israel often responded to God in times of national or personal distress. And when a major disaster confronted them, they often turned to God with regret and remorse, begging God to restore them and to rescue them. I really think that being sorry is a consequence of being in the wilderness. It is what happens when we pay attention to what is happening inside of us. And when we come to an honest place of being sorry for what we see and feel, what we know in our hearts is not the best that we could possibly be, we often also respond with some kind of prayer life. And as we pray, we remember once again, most importantly, that we are not God and confront the silliness of believing that we have the right to ask God for anything at all. And it is in that experience of humility that we can often feel the freedom to once again accept God's grace for ourselves and the peace and the quiet that comes from accepting that gift. So the psalmist lets us know to expect our enemies in the wilderness and that we should exercise patience and self-examination and repentance. But the end game is that we will once again find the paths of the Lord. God is fair and just. God corrects the misdirected, sends them in the right direction, leads them step by step. From now on, every road you travel will take you to God. Follow the covenant signs. Read the charted directions. You see, the people of Israel were prepared in the wilderness for the promised land. Jesus was prepared in the wilderness for his public ministry. And we are also being prepared for renewal of a right relationship and a promise of new life that will shatter the darkness with Easter morning. I really do pray that you will experience a holy Lent as we experience some wilderness time together. I pray that you will come to remember just who you are as a beloved child of God, and that you will find renewal and love and grace evident in your own living. And I pray that this time will be a fruitful time of preparation 
for a joyful celebration of God's incredible mercy and grace this Easter. Keep the faith. Amen.